All right. Welcome, Dustin. Yeah, man. Thank you. The DJ. Big D is in the house. The double DJ. Double DJ. <laughs> oh, dude. So, um, how have you been, man? How's uh, since the last I saw you at the restaurant? Good. I mean, it's been a roller coaster, but we're uh, acclimating and, and moving forward. Right, 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 right. With the roastery, like you know, Dustin's got that roastery in Chelanakon, uh, and uh, he he's from Left Hand Roasters, and uh, do some of the best coffee ever. It's you don't you don't get it like it's like hundred percent. It's like one of the best, man. Where where can we get your coffee in Bangkok? Well, typically we're a, you know e commerce platform, but um, we distribute you know with other people as well. We have a retail shelf with Cat Coco at both their locations. Uh, we have okay. something at Siri House with Luca. Um, we supply to a lot of hotels huh. and restaurants and kind of set up and curate coffee programs that highlight what we do. Right. Uh, that's uh, that's you mind getting the mic a little closer. Yeah, you can pull. You can. You can. You can. You can play around with it. You know. Yeah, not not too far. It was a little light. Turn my headphones up. Yeah. No, joking, okay, joking, your headphones up. No, 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 they're good. You're good. Okay, okay. The sounds are good, yeah. 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 So I mean, the the difficulty for me, right? Like as a normal, like a typical, you know, coffee consumer, is it's been a little difficult to get a hold of your your coffee beans. I I you know I go into the Instagram profile and it's like super cool, right? The contents are super nice, but obviously it's never gonna be as accessible as something like a Starbucks, right? It's a you know it's still a little bit in the niche, and uh, maybe you like to explain more about that, man. Yeah, let me give you the elevator pitch about what we do. Yeah. Um, so first of all, set the tone. I'm I'm not the coffee guy. Uh, my background is is culinary and yeah. food sustainability, yeah, I agriculture. Realize. Uh, you know, setting a platform for people and helping give a voice to, you know, people and who need it the most. And Left Hand kind of started as a, it's a social project. So it's about examining and, and approaching and talking about the, the food system. So essentially, like, right, let's talk about how messed up our, our food system is over a cup of coffee something that's international crosses borders it's uh you know everyone can relate to it in one way or another right it started about 12 years ago you know we began okay. uh, in in thailand, in thailand 12 years ago yeah, yeah. okay i i moved to thailand about 15 years ago to study thai cuisine dude i i literally like i had no idea you were here 15 years already man i, I, I thought you were here like maybe five years tops actually five years tops 2005 i moved here when i was about 18 almost 19. yeah but when you also 18 19 oh man you came here like in your you know your youth yeah i mean it's I the fire young. the fire must be like stroking like strong man still yeah i mean it's a it's a beautiful thing you know i i love thailand and i moved here originally because i kind of fell in love with the culture and and how people approach things the, the sense of community and and yeah. obviously the food you know i started cooking when i was about yeah. 14. I moved out of the house when I was 15 and began my yeah. own path and career by myself and kind of uh, building up a reputation and working through it. So, you know, when yeah. I first met Thai Coffee, it was more about, you know, I'm driving around the hills of northern Thailand in Myeongsan and like I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking That's for ingredients. I'm always right. interested. I'm an ingredient driven chef in general. So I was looking for things that, you know, interesting things. And, right. and I'm on top of this mountain and they're growing coffee and I'm like, whoa, coffee? Like, what's up with that? 
And yeah. I started like had a friend, you know, translating for me, and they're like, "What? Why are you growing coffee?" And they're like, "Well, you know, it was, it was kind of given to us as an alternative cash crop, mostly to opium." So it was, yeah. it was a means of making income and, and sustainable, you know, revenue for these communities. Mm -hmm. But then I realized and looked at it deeper and was like, they grow coffee, but they don't really know what they're doing with it. There's no outlet. There's and, and still 15 something years later, there's a huge disconnect. Logistics, how we handle stuff, how we look at it, how we value things. You know, everyone's trying to crush right. and, and squeeze the little person and, and, and try to like make the most value out of it at the back end. Right, man. Like I, I I, I agree with what you're feeling, the sentiments, like, as a chef, it's so hard to get a hold of these ingredients, man. It's almost, it's not impossible, but you have to really make a connection with the vendors. Okay, but for you, it's not really even the vendors. You're going one step deeper than that. You're going straight to the source, you know, to the farmers, to the, you know, cultivationists and all that kind of stuff, man. Like, yeah. what what made you decide to you know stop you know literally just change almost change careers but you know from being a chef to you know now like s some guy who's super in tune with his environment like you know and and all that stuff i mean i think i always have been uh i started cooking young and, and it's a means to survive you know it was a it was a job to make money you know like i said i was on my own i needed to pay bills i, I was sleeping on couches at a young age like having no direction and and that kind of gave me a sense of community and a family you know like we all do working in the kitchens like living on a pirate ship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just Dude. swinging we're, everyone's got a little story we're all it's like a warship bit. sometimes yeah, man exactly it's it's just a it's a crazy place but it brings us together and you know i i started young so i, I started burning out young and you know took, right. took this path and started staging in restaurants and traveling yeah, and to europe and you know i spent a lot of time in mexico as well i grew up in a mexican community in colorado I uh, went to a bilingual school and, and started cooking like Mexican cuisine at a young age. You were from the hood, from the start yeah. to finish, the barrio, man. The you were, dude, I cannot, I, I, I can't believe there is like, okay, in the States, there's Mexicans everywhere, right? But in Boulder, yeah. Colorado, there's, there's a huge Mexican community still. Yeah, still. I mean, when I was, this was, you know, 98, 99, it was still, you know, half of, half of Boulder was, uh, you know, Latino. And I grew up in that part Damn and then son. I watched it get, you know, rolled over and, and it's, it's unique. You know, I got blessed by growing up and, and experience and being emerged in different cultures. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you just hang out with just like the white boys, you know, you're just, you're just, so, you're just like almost being monocultured. Like, you know, you only see one, yep. one side of the story and most, most of Americans, the Americans, they only know America, bro. Cause you guys are so. You know, you guys are really like the superpower of the world, right? And like your sandwich between Mexico and Canada, sometimes like, you know, it's yeah. pretty much. It's 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 unique. It's interesting, and like I said, it's a blessing for me because I grew up experiencing, you know, all this. I had some of my best friends growing up were Native American, uh, Vietnamese. That's dope, man. Um, a lot of Jamaican influence, you know, lots yeah. of lots of Latinos, uh, Salvadorians, Mexicans. Like, you know, I, I just grew up like emerged and like I was al almost always like the only white kid in the group. That's cool, you know, bro. Hey, that's well, that's really hey, cool. Mama, well. You know, there's always like something about it, and and, and yeah. I just grew up like that. And then living here so long, it's like 
I'm almost Thai, like I'm a Thai Mexican, like that has like, you know, touched all sorts of different things in the world. So it's 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 unique. Like we were just speaking on your experiences as well. Like it, it kind of to lose, you know, to find your identity and like lose it within so many cultures and then like rediscover it is like a, a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, man, dude, it's, this wine is great dude too, man. <laughs> Yeah, just gonna take it easy. Yesterday, uh, my friend came for a podcast, man, and uh, oof, it's like he brought like two joints, <laughs> dude. I I took like one two like puffs, right, and like within fifteen to twenty minutes, my brain started farting, man. <laughs> It's a different conversation. You needed to pull out the paint and start, you know. Dude, start, I was like, hold on a sec. Yeah, I was like, hang on a second. I need to stop the podcast. Like, I need to hang out for a little bit, gather my thoughts and like continue. Like, you know, it's so weird. Like, because the more you smoke, the more tolerance you build up. Of course. And he is at a level where he can function after a joint, mm. after a joint or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I just want to like... <laughs> go to the grass man <laughs> like literally just want to run out and just walk in the park like sure. my mind was like wandering to like places already like you know mm -hmm. just after a couple of puffs yeah, i don't know if you smoke up bro but uh it's human nature you know i feel like we uh yeah we always get in this position where where like if we build tolerance to anything we can you know we're conditioned you know we can build tolerance to pain you know alcohol you know whatever it is that's why chefs as well and i think covid woke yeah. a lot of us up and realized that you know yeah. oh shit, this this hurts we yeah, sacrifice everything you know we're we're yeah. in the business of pleasure and at the same time like it's it's destructive and yeah you have to find the balance and people need to like respect it a different way and you know cool yeah COVID has been oh my god it's it's affected the food industry so 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 much man like okay first of all the besides the obvious that you know we we struggled obviously we struggled with delivery and all that kind of stuff but also with the the workforce man there has been a, like an exodus of you know of uh, front of house waiters um waitresses chefs who during their downtime when they were out of jobs they literally just changed profession and they realized how tough the um the fmb business was and they just left man yeah. right you must have heard a lot of stories like some guys just like left and never never looked back sure i mean i was just in new york for five months last year and working with a bunch of friends and and kind of like i did a stage at crown shy with james kent and then james kent was super cool dude yeah. his name his first name is jamal Dem dude and he's you he's only, like you. you can only call him jamal if, if if you're close to him, huh? You can't. You can, he's, <laughs> made, he's made that clear. He's, he's like, made Yo, that he doesn't have the Jamal pass. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, I knew him from back in, you know, from from Nomad and like my yeah. boy Brian Lockwood. I grew up with in Colorado was like yeah. running Eleven Madison and like so I'd always stop in New York for the last 15 years. It's New York's like my second home, or when I go back to the states, it's a place I feel at most at home because of the cultural, right. you know, mashup and, and how things are formed there. It's, I love New York yeah. City, bro. You go to the Bronx, you go to Queens. People don't speak English. And, and you know some part of the yeah. Bronx man it's just like unreal yeah. and you're in the middle of New York City you're just you're just 15 minutes train ride away from like I don't know World Trade Center or you know yeah. Times Square or you know it's it's really it's you, like you can travel within it you know it's uh it's beautiful you, you cruise yeah. through and hear the different languages like I was riding my bike all over the city 
you know, right. the last when I was out there and it was like you're flying yeah. by and hearing like, you know, and Yoruba African, West African dialects, and the next thing it's like French, and the next thing it's like Italian, and then you hear like various different dialogues of like dialects of Spanish, and you're just like, where am I? You know, yeah, I was up in Washington Heights, so I was staying like in, bet in between okay. like Brooklyn, where my sister's at, and like you know downtown Fort Greene, and then up in like Washington in the Heights, like one seven five in Broad Broadway, like Spanish okay. Harlem, like. Washington like Heights. Uh, above, where where is Harlem. that? Above Harlem. Yeah, so one seven five, like Manhattan. Oh, that's like the the yeah. tip of the it's, Manhattan, it's, right? You're like the, the tip Latino of the iceberg. Culture, man. It's Puerto Rican, Dominican. It's little Dominican Republic up there, and it's it's like it makes me feel at home. You it's, know, people out there selling like frutas on the corner and just like all sorts of different things. It's just like live music and you know samba right. and, and you know salsa in the plazas. It's, it was amazing. Like, man, was, fruta when when you see like um, the vendors, right? The, yeah. the, they're selling the mango and the Mexican lady is selling the mango, almost like Thailand with some yeah. seasoning salt, some special. Yeah, pica. Yeah, pica. They have pica in uh, Mexico, like as well, and like they do it. I'm like, wow. I'm really in like I'm deep, man. Yeah. I'm deep into the hood right now. Like, <laughs> just like, I love it. Yeah, I, mean, I grew up with that. That was like my after school snack. You know, when I lived in the barrio in Boulder, like I go back to like we live behind Kmart, and I was like some of the only white families in there. You know, in this little apartment, and, and every day I walk home and get some tahini and like different kinds of like tamarindos and you know little yeah. like coconut like popsicles and whatever it was it was it was like I, that's my nostalgic like childhood food oh man <laughs> wow have you always like so if you were always from the the hood right I, I'm, I'm just wondering like if you are like in the hood and you're the only white kid there like do you feel do you feel like really you feel like a big part of the hood and like sorry i think i'm gonna edit this part out man i'm just muttering man no, but uh let's go back to the um, the stage with Jamal because I've seen Jamal on Eater and uh, yeah. Munchies and uh, all that stuff man and it's oof it, he's a great chef bro yeah. have have you been in the same culinary school as him or how do you get to meet him and anything like that were you from the same generations of I mean, chefs starting out he's like uh like I said my boy Brian Lockwood he's kind of a big brother and mentor to me growing up and I, I watched him you know some of the first fine dining experiences in like La Talier and, and you know some of the restaurants he worked at in Boulder before he went to San Francisco and worked in all sorts of places um that was kind of the beginning of it for me and then when I started going to New York later on he moved there after he was at like French Laundry El Saladek and Roca and you know moved to new york to like I, work at 11 madison and yeah. then he was at like the nomad and when i like hit him up like six years ago or seven years ago i was like yo i want to come stage like hook me up at 11 madison let me do a stage there let me do a stage when do you nomad. do the stage again in uh, 2000 in the, i'd have to look but you i can't think, remember i think it was it, six years ago so it was six, six years, years ago have have they okay that was before the uh the renovations you think before Maybe. the renovations at EMP? Yeah, Definitely. they had the big, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it was right before about a year, it was right before they got like best restaurant as well, like maybe, no, okay. not, yeah, like right around then, so maybe five years. I, interestingly, I was there for the stash as well. I did one day stash there and like, oh my goodness, man, this is huge, bro. The kitchen is huge. Yeah. The private dining room is huge. The yeah. normal dining room is like, I don't know triple ceiling like super super high and it was mm. so tough man the kitchen is is like if you're not really in tune with it it's gonna grind you out man 
it's crazy. They, at the end yeah. of the day, yeah. they asked me to make a to make an omelet. They always do. They 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 they, they ask you to do yeah, that. Yeah, I had to whip up an omelet too. Dude, my God, it, I was so stressed out, man. Yeah. Like, cause you're you are like sandwiched between all these great chefs, you know, people who you look up to. Yeah. Brian Lockwood, he he yeah. he he had like a lineup, you know, before service, and he was explaining, and all this stuff, and it's just like wow, we are. It's really like they are really at the top of their game. Yeah, one hundred percent. Brian's a samurai. It's Brian, and then there was Dimitri. I think. Yeah, Dimitri. Dimitri was there. Actually, Brian was at Nomad when I I did like a week there, and then I did a couple of days at EMP after. And when I was at EMP, I think Chris was the the chef de cuisine, and Dimitri was under him at that point. So right. Brian just crossed over back, and then he ended up going back there. But it was like it was it was cool. I mean, and, I, and then the last time, like I said, I just went back to New York last summer. I was supposed to be gone one month. You know, I was like, all right, I'm going to see right. how COVID goes. You right. know, I'm going to get my business stabilized in Thailand as much as I possibly can. I'm not going to try to bang my head on the on the wall, and I'm just going to, like, go. And, like, right. you know, it, it one month turned into almost six. And next thing I knew, I did, you know, I did, like, you know, a couple of days at, at Nomad mm -hmm. and got to hang out with, like, James and them and then check out, like, the pre-opening of Saga and, like, got a little tour of what's going on up there. Oh, yeah, Saga yeah. is the new new Crown Chai, right? Above, like above Crown Chai. Above so Crown they Chai. They got the whole building. There's Crown Chai on the, on the ground floor, which is more of a... Prep area? Know, no, no, it's, no? The, it's the casual, like, trying to, you know... Okay. It, it's a humble eatery, you know, but at the same time, it's a one Michelin star establishment that has amazing food and a beverage program. But the whole plan was always to you know they they took the whole building so they have the ground floor and then you know 60 something floors is, is saga and saga. Then above that is overstory their cocktail bar where harrison runs it who was doing the cocktails at nomad and i mean they just have Holy like an amazing moly. team and it was part of the reason i wanted to go like yeah. stage and fuck with them in the first place you know i went there for that reason i was like i like the mentality I like the visionary perspective of them like trying to like set a new model of how the F&B world looks and they proved it because like you know you take care of your people you invest into it you run it slightly different way even though the industry is always going to be a beast until the clientele and the consumer you know until we bridge that gap and we get a, a mutual understanding across the board yeah. it's always going to be a little different I, I work one year in New York City and I can tell you it's one of the I think it's the toughest city I've ever worked in bro the kitchen is just like a beast man and especially with some like places like crown shy and saga the production must be insane man they have like a prep team like four prep teams and they have to do the crossover menus and sometimes you have to prep for both restaurants it was you know, insane. It, was it, insane. it must have been insane. Do you try the chicken? Oh, yeah. Always. The, the, the mean, chicken I've, with I've the hot sauce? There. I got to eat there when they first opened, you know, three something years ago. I went in for like, I was in New York for four days and just like hit up James. I always bring him, you know, presents of stuff from Thailand, you know, passion fruit, honey, maquan, different oh. like samun pie, like from, from the north. And he must like, have loved it, man. Yeah, I brought him like coffee blossom and some different Thai coffees. And, and then I, I had a good meal at, at Crown. Crown. You know, I was like, when I come back next time, like I'm gonna hit you up. I want to do a little stage. Like, you know, I'm not really, I'm staging for the perspective and just like to get yeah. my hands dirty again, keep my knife sharp, and uh, you know, because I'm gonna be doing something at some point. You know, people don't know, yeah. but I'm moving in silence anyway. Yeah, it's it's cool to stage. Like, really is. Like, it's it feels as if you are becoming a beginner again. You know, you're going and you're really getting stuck in. Like, 
and like the experiences like really change you as a person because yeah. right now I'm I'm the boss right at the restaurant literally I'm just ordering people around yeah. and I'm just I'm not Stay really getting humble. my hands that dirty yeah exactly so to go for starch really would man would really really humble humble me like just yeah I would get shout at again yep, yep. you know you make mistakes and then you get the dirty look from like your sous chef like <laughs> <laughs> you talk too much sit down uh, yeah man just, i get it it'd be like do not speak unless you're spoken to like that kind of shit <laughs> i mean that's that's you know it, it's sometimes good. you got to keep humble i mean that was the same reason i did the one at, at 11 madison and like i've, I've staged at a bunch of other restaurants in the past and just like i love popping into places and just get checked and get humbled it's a it's part of my forever it's being part of your dna man yeah it's 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 good though but i mean when i was at I didn't expect to stay further like after like that one month so i did a quick stage at crown just to come say hi to the boys yeah. and like i know a lot of them anyway a lot of the crews from like you know background of like nomad and like so i already knew some of these guys and it was just good to see familiar faces and catch up and then like i extended my trip and i hit him yeah. back up and was like yo i'm gonna be in, in town for a bit longer can i come do like a little bit more right and they had a 200 person party in the hamptons that, that oh. brian brian was running with james so I went and like okay. prepped and cooked and did a week with them for this. And it was right. like, it was madness in the middle of them getting ready to open Saga. You know, we did, it was crazy. Like I was going right. in at three, four in the morning to get everything done. And I was at there the at three, four, no, in at Crown prepping. At Crown. So three, four in the morning prepping at Crown, finishing at seven o'clock at night. And then the next day again, just like, no, not sitting down. Classic, you know, just keep going and it was madness like in the middle of them getting ready to prep and open saga and overstory so it was like yeah you know, I, I was uh it, it was madness but it felt good like the last day i think i worked 20 something hours that day do you work for free no <laughs> i hope not i mean honestly like i didn't even ask questions because it's the crew and like you yep. know what like my love and respect for brian is, is somebody who's That's always true. like elevated me and given That's me true, so man. much love throughout the years i was like i'm here for it and then later i was like a paycheck was nice it's nice but yeah i like, had a paycheck i'm an entrepreneur who owns a social you know enterprise revolving around coffee and byproducts you know i'm like i was like damn i haven't had a check in three yeah. years but you know it's not for you it's definitely not about the money man like yeah. from from what i've heard like you know what the way you spoken the things you do the things you do with coffee and everything else like it's such a huge passion project you know for some and you're the first guy to ever do it in thailand to really for many people coffee is just coffee they don't yeah. they, they have that glass of coffee they get a bit psyched up they go to work and and that's that's about it like they don't really know what goes behind the scene and never really visited any farms bro i've never i've never seen fresh coffee in my life you gotta like come fresh, check it out like fresh berries um where where i mean in chiang mai or we work with about 15 different farms across northern thailand so and not okay. just coffee but like tea cacao whatever they have we help them sell it you know and that's the thing like, northern it, like thailand. i said it's a community driven coffee you know brand like we're about highlighting them or coffee or, or farmer driven like it's all about them you know, I'm not the face of it. I'm not really a coffee guy, even though I learned how to roast and I learned the alchemy of processing and all the things that elevates right. and adds value to a product like wine. 
Oh man, that's it. That is a disappointment, bro. I thought you were the, the coffee guy. <laughs> we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta edit the intro. <laughs> I gotta set. I gotta set the story straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really a chef, bro. Because yeah. I've seen your CV, and yeah. there was nothing about being a barista or you know nothing like that. You were like, no. you were like the chef de cuisine, like yeah. of a big operation in country clubs, yeah. like you know big, big, big yeah. restaurants. And I'm like, whoa, that's. Dustin's I mean, actually coffee, a chef. Coffee's an ingredient, and wine actually led me to coffee. Being somebody who's interested in hey, talking about wine, have, just pour, pour yourself more. Help yourself, bro. Help yourself. Thank you, sir. Help yourself, yeah. And the Daimatsu was great, though, right? Yeah, but uh, oh you know, it, wine, wine started it, man. It was for me like uh, getting interested in being somebody who's so like, you know, so into products and terroir and like i said as a chef i've always looked at ingredients is like you know we need to respect them and it's like the backstory you know whoever whoever is growing them like you know giving credit 10 years ago it didn't exist you know and then chefs started coming out and being like you know yeah. there's very little of it and then we started hearing more you'd see names on menus you'd see ingredients being highlighted based on like yeah. elevation you know soil content like what water like the water comes from here it's Dude. washed through the amethyst crystal and filters through the you know the mouth of this you know what? sacred spring you're like what yeah that's what, crazy whatever you're saying is like blue hue as stone barns bro yeah, exactly. they 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 have like a research lab like right in the middle of the new york county you know and one time i was there right uh they served me like a, a course of carrots <laughs> like straight up carrot one was pre-winter froze yeah. and one was right after frost and like there is actually a difference in in the taste profile yep I mean, it's the science too right it's like the shock of the cold weather it's like wine being late harvest and you know some of these like yeah it's Eastern almost Eastern European Austrian grapes that just like they let it get a little yeah get a little funky yeah it was almost like the carrot was dry aged exactly. you know and it's it's a really good story man like I just did and with waste they do so much with waste like literally it's a biodynamic system like in Blue Hill at Stone Barns having said that like Dan Barber mm. his episode on uh, Netflix yeah dude it was boring as fuck <laughs> I mean that's the thing that's why that's why we don't get to shine sometimes because we'd be talking about the shit that ain't exciting if I was doing backflips while I was popping bottles yeah. of champagne with yeah, a bunch like, of half naked girls on TikTok it'd be a different story you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. that's why we just need to, like, everyone needs to, like, chill the fuck chill. out and look at it for what it is. It's for like, it. you know, yeah, Dan Barber, it's all man. smoke and mirrors anyway. So, yeah, what's the science? It's true. <laughs> the science sometimes can really get, get, yeah. you know, like the nitty gritties. Yeah. He went, he went deep into it, man. Dan Barber. Yeah. It have you read his book? Have you read the third play? No, I have not, man. How, how was that? Yeah, you should it's read a good it. read. Good. Yeah. It's a good read. I mean, it was one of the books that, uh, I started working i'll give a shout out to billy for this one even the crazy crazy uh billy marnelli you know mm. yeah the the oyster king the oyster king so he's like he started his first oyster hatchery off of uh santa monica or something in the early 80s i believe and was selling to alice waters wolfgang puck like all these like california chefs yeah. and he supplies like you know you you might even use some of his seafood via jagoda jagoda you know, okay he's also a partner in the the sturgeon farm in Huahin. He, he has the caviar production going on down there. Like okay. he has a, a sustainable, like, you know, fishery in Bali. 
they have partnerships in Alaska, so a lot of the Alaskan king crab scallops you see come from him. Uh, his his all his scallop, like uh, oysters are now farmed in in Washington. Washington State, so, yeah, yeah. It's all like it's it's cool, man. Like he's he's really on something else, and and he's a wild one. But you know, five six years ago when I was he's working a with pioneer. yeah, when I was working with Rimping Supermarket in in uh, yeah, in Chiang yeah, Mai, I yeah. worked with them about three years. The original idea was to do something like I'm doing with coffee. It's like a community driven food products. So like helping people with logistics and adding value to to products. So if you're growing chilies, we produce a hot sauce. We put it on the shelves, boom, mm -hmm. you know, we automatically can sell it for tenfold. And then Correct. we're going to give back and developing these communities into making sure that it's sustainable for them. Otherwise, nobody wants to do anything. And that's why we're seeing, you know, this yeah. this like destruction in our food system right now. Yeah, it's like they need to make money, too, man. Like Everyone needs to make money. It's, you know, somebody has to be better off doing it, you know, yeah. and that's that's the thing. Like I get. I hear a lot of people say like, oh man, local products can be expensive, you know, like some really, I would say very obscure, like a makwen. Makwen can be pretty expensive yeah. compared to black pepper. Sure. Sure, but it's like, it's so it's so new, like you need to support the farmers, right? Yeah, it will grow up and, and you know, the, the how we value things is all messed up anyway. Nobody thinks about what goes into it. Everyone just looks at the price point. And we say, well, I could buy this coffee over here. And I was like, well, how's, how's like slave labor taste? Okay, yes. You know, yes, like, that's that's yeah, for real, man. How's, you know, you, you enjoy the blood, the blood of it, like that that's on you. Like when I choose to do stuff, like it's about telling the story. And that's like why I'm doing what I'm doing with coffee as well. It's like, it's like I said, you know, here, let me make you a cappuccino and let's talk about how fucked up everything is. Yeah, I would like, I mean, if you talk to Vish about it, he's like you, man. He's so big on monoculture and like he's... I mean, that's why we he, linked, man. We connected. You guys really connect, man. Some, we're on some other shit as well. It's like, you know, and I've been on this. Like I've been outcasted from the culinary world maybe 10 years ago in a sense because I was the guy like... What are you doing with that shit? Like, yeah, you're just man. gonna throw that all away? I'm sure you, you, you know? you've been in restaurants where yeah. you see the head chef just like throw out shit load of stuff. Yeah. Like the gill is like terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, I started hustling at a young age to make money so I could either stage, so I didn't have to you know, rely on that as an income or, you know, right. just, just experience by eating. So, you know, actually- uh, My friend, you achieved that and much more, bro. Like you're living the life, yeah. bro. Like you're really like hitting your goals, man. I'm trying, it's been a, you know, it's a journey, man. Like it's been tough. Like I said, I, I don't have much support and I've just been grinding it out. Like, you know, you're financially like a, yeah. it's, it's been, you know, it's like doing shit that doesn't make money, but I know it's right. It's the long term. It's the know? long term, yeah. It's the yeah. long game. And, and I'm happy that, you know, I feel I can taste a little bit of it right now, but like I'm, I'm hungry, man. And I'm ready for like, yeah, you know, dude. I'm ready for the power and the position to just let people know. It's the vision, yeah. it's the vision, uh, Dustin. You have the vision, bro. Like it's like, it's not about instant gratification. Mm -hmm. It's about what you do to the community. And then you just see happy farmers. Like you go to Chiang Mai, you see like they are growing like high quality stuff. Yeah. Not monoculture, like organic, totally organic, totally natural. And then you see also the back end of it where like the customers are drinking the coffee and there's like a huge interest coming up in, you know, everywhere with all these products, you know, all like the, you know, the, the good ones. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing too. So it, it's, it's good, good to ones. see people changing and, and like, I always yeah. predicted this, like I've been talking about it for the last 10 years. I'm like, something's about to happen. Wait for it. 
yeah how's it gonna go down like how people gonna start to like wake up and be like oh shit, this has impact or this is directly connected to humans like how do we how do we you know how do we yeah. translate that and like covid did it we didn't realize that but like i thought it was going to be maybe a war maybe like you know various things that like a war in a supermarket i mean it, it, yeah to over toilet paper toilet. <laughs> i was like yo we in thailand like do we use water my g you crazy <laughs> we use leaves over here yeah. man it's <laughs> like no. no no toilet paper no problem um but like for real like covid woke us all up and, and made us all look a little internal and look at our neighbors and like you know it locked thailand down and we talk about having labor shortages and all this shit. Like, you know, let's talk yeah. about how, how the government approaches stuff here. And let's talk, you know, like, maybe let's not talk about it. But Man, it's all good. You, you, the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's one of those things like, you know, we, we, we made our own grave. And Thailand's been like this forever. You know, we don't really, we, we put people on pedestals. We don't, we don't educate or invest in our community. And that's why we're left with what we're left with. Yeah, and all these people complaining oh well these thai people can't i'm like yo you got a maid trying to clean tile you go to her house she doesn't have tile how do you expect yeah. her to know how to clean tile you know it's like yep. you gotta like you, we gotta build it up and it's 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 part of the game yeah it's been thailand has been the the status quo has been like the same and it's the yeah. streets are still like the green where are the green space they are, they've been talking about green space for forever you know yeah how about they regulate the buses how about they think yeah. about tuk-tuk's emissions how about they consider like you know pivoting on on a bunch of shit and if it wasn't greed driven it'd be a whole nother story yeah dude it's mean, like it's we're left with really what we're left with man it's 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 sad and like at the same time as a foreigner who's been you know i've owned my company here for over 10 years now running it independently by myself and like right. i get treated like i'm still a tourist fresh off the boat you know immigration everywhere i go and you we wonder why people are, are leaving left and right and covid made that super clear we don't want you here we're happy for everyone to leave and we're going to put a new incentive in place the same way they did seven eight years ago when everything changed here like you know all these things have like flipped the script on it and, and it's really not like we're not in a good position and like nobody wants to come back now because we're all like yo that was toxic I don't like toxic relationships. Like I don't need to keep being rolled out and thrown under the bus for no reason. Like you want me here? You want to open Italian restaurant? Make it easy for Italians to come here. You want wine bars? Like yo, get some psalms over here. Make it easy. Like, like you know, screen people. Don't just don't just look at the money. Yeah. You know, now they're just like, oh, you're a criminal. You're an old dude who doesn't care about shit. Like I, come on in, spend your money. Oh, you're a young professional with like fucking knowledge, background, and things to offer the country. Get them a visa, you know. I mean, make everything easy. You know, everything is yeah. hard to do here, yeah. man. Is everything is like a, the red tape, endless, endless red tapes, endless procedures. Yeah. Tax it, tax it, make it, make it unapproachable, make it only yeah. for the wealthy. It's like you know, it's, it, it's a huge gap, man. It's dude. I've seen the the stats, man. The disparity between the poor and the rich. Thailand is like right. It's, it was number one i okay it's some crazy stat right i i can't verify it because you know i'm not a professor or anything like that but to be number one on any list mm. it's um there's no smoke without fire you know it's yeah. it's it's right up there man we are right up there man yeah. we were like africa here right here i mean we number one on all sorts of lists that ain't good man <laughs> you know it's it's not it's not good and, and and lucky we have so many you know great people here and talented who are pushing for it but like that's our responsibility people with voice and people with power it's like step the fuck up and let's do right. something otherwise you're gonna right. be left sitting here making your own fucking sandwiches and like how you feel about that 
it's like and like you know there's nothing wrong with you know i'm I'm always the guy like let me help you sweep that up like i'm I, you know my background gives me that humble like right i want to get my hands dirty let me help you out let me carry something like I'm, i don't want to be like you know i'm not right i don't want to be in that position of like bossing people around mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. for me it's a it's an even playing field and like you know we need to start treating it like that otherwise we're gonna get left with it and thailand has so much potential even how they treated alcohol bans and like you know 15 years ago maybe the the lead the main attraction here was food you know street food street and food, these various right. things and that's cool like it popped off people came here to eat people came here for beaches people came here because it's cheap whatever reason they came here for and it's like over the last five something years when people started like thailand started rising we had a position to to change our minds and figure out what the next move is correct it's like, and what do we do the government just locked it down harder they like you know canceling restaurants closing left yeah. and right like we're 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 crushing it in asia when it comes to bars you know fine dining all yeah. these things it's the like top 100 list everything we're up there we'd be a lot doing a lot better if our hands weren't tied behind our backs that's so true man like tourism is such a big thing here but yeah. like the government hasn't done anything about it they just rest on their laurels you know like the beaches are gonna be clean or you know they're just gonna be they're gonna be the they have the assumption that they don't have to do anything yeah. about it man everything is gonna stay the way it is no one's gonna do a damn thing about it and you we're should. like just stop talking to do something yeah exactly show me, show me with your actions man like we sick of this shit. is this kindergarten man like you gotta you gotta put these guys in time out yeah no one's gonna do a damn thing it's, about it you you want to complain yeah sure like but you <laughs> but we're not gonna do a damn thing about it either you know i mean something's happening man we're on a horizon like i think there's a there's a tipping point here coming soon right. and like i'm i'm excited just to you know see what the fuck happens and, yeah with you know. this um election you know it's like um, you know i already know who i'm voting for i'm voting for the young generations to come in and yeah. and you know bring a change to yeah, this country it, man these kids out here are sharp yeah they are sharp they they, they they've been like they're well educated well um aware of what needs to be changed exactly and but we have dinosaurs bro yeah, we, dinosaurs. we have we have dinosaurs uh <laughs> in this country uh, you know <laughs> i mean it, yeah for real though it's just you know i know 18 year olds here who could run the country better i'm just like yo can i just uh, vote for this this kid over here slanging fucking sometime like let's go no and the kids who actually had the balls man the the iron balls to protest you know and and they're they're out there like i'm not i'm not saying what they're doing is right or wrong yeah. but like to have that kind of like like perseverance that kind of persistence um you know to really fight for what he believes for mm. or she believes in and man that's so refreshing to see in this yeah. community like someone who's actually standing up yeah being accounted for and you know speaking their mind you know speaking what they really feel you know right wrong whatever you know it's it's time for people to actually say what they see totally <laughs> and i mean it's different too it's a different perspective we got to empathize and like have a little bit of compassion for what's going on because people want to judge and they're like these kids out here causing trouble i was like yo we in the hood like we don't give a fuck you know remind mm -hmm. remind them like it's the same shit in the states everywhere in the world we see people like you know speaking out and half the time it's like dude i don't like I, don't, I wish i had a fuck to give because i don't and like you think i care about breaking shit or wilding out in the street it's like nah you nah, don't bad nah. <laughs> nah, and, and then other yeah. people are like why are they breaking their own country i was like because i ain't got Cause, food to eat yeah. and like 
we yeah. I can't pay my bills and like nobody gives a fuck and no, and people with power right. and voice ain't stepping up and being like let me help you out man right no like some of us are right don't get it wrong and I'm yeah. you know I wish I was in a position too because I you know I just came to a point in life recently where I'm like all right it's time to get this fucking money yeah, so I can get make the money shit happen because I'm gonna you know I'm gonna put it in the right place yeah man <laughs> we need more people like you in this country I swear to God bro just like uh, you know someone with fresh perspective yeah. someone from a different culture just to come in and just reevaluate of what is going right and what is going yeah. wrong in this country you know it's just it's always the same yeah. people doing I know. the same I mean, old it's the job same thing in the u.s and in, in, in defense of thailand it's the same all over you know we're, we're the whole world's run by dinosaurs it's run by men <laughs> with the wrong backgrounds you know it's like like here it's like wait who's running the country a bunch of old men who have military training it's like that's crazy no old men who are like right at the, the like re at at retirement age yeah. like who's who's like go golf bro <laughs> biden learn how to fucking surf or something man like it ain't too late right like you don't need to be out here fucking ruining all our fun man we trying to like we actually trying to do good shit right you know we're at the generation where shit's hitting different right now too and like you know that's why i always like for me it's all about the youth and like I, I yeah. was, I was in that position, and I had the the old the elders step up to me and be like, you know, here's a podium, you know, like do something with yeah, it. Yeah, use it, use, use it. it. And yeah, like, you know, we start now. We're in the position, and it's funny because I've been talking about this with various friends over the last years. Like, we're at that transitional, you know, period where the older generations passing torches. Yeah, we are right at that at that place. We are right there, man. Yeah. And you, that, that's the same. That's why the protesters. It's going on everything is going on we are at that very precarious situation where the 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 changeover is coming but yeah. you don't know when but it's coming you don't know when but yeah. well we can't be lied to anymore too man it's all on tv yeah it's all on social media you know, fake news man back in the back in the day they said the revolution won't be televised it's like you know now it's on twitter now it's on TikTok. now it's on everywhere you can't escape it like i hope you have a strong enough will to like or mind to like get through it and not like let it depress you but like shit's real out there and like we can't face you know we got to face the facts and use ourselves as examples or use our stories as examples you know i talk openly about my shit because it's like i've already you know i've already been through it and like at this point it's like clear it and like use it as an example you know big up the youth you know i started skateboarding you, again i started i was skating did. when i was a kid and i started skating during covid i go to like kong Tui, like Sapankyo, like the okay the green bridge over there and like i you know i, I always you know I, I support the kids you're in I, that I underground bought, culture bro. i bought a skateboard for like the youth over there and i kind of like leave it at the shop and they can rock it like all the little kids know my name and like you know I, I rap with them occasionally and just like give them a little like you know keep pushing man like it's not it's not easy and you're in a hard place here but like yeah kong Tui is, a, is yeah. a hard place man it's yeah. uh it's yeah. you have you been i know yeah. you've been to klong Tai market you've, you've been yeah, there a yeah. thousand times yeah. but like oh my god people are hustling like hell over there i've been there at about 2 a.m yeah. when the market opens yeah and damn bro the whole city is just sleeping mm. and the market is like bustling people busting their balls man just to just for sustenance yeah if you're from the hood man it's uh it's it's a normal thing it's, to see it's huh a, it's a different you know you're a different beast man you're conditioned into just immigrant mentality yeah. there's a lot of thing with the states like immigrant mentality and then you're like super strong you're super rough yeah you, not nothing affects you nothing gets to yeah. you man nothing gets to you it does eventually you know because like we're human 
and that's True. the hardest part is like we grind hard and then we realize how fucked up we are because all we did was like do anything to survive and if we ever do make it which a lot of us don't we we step up and we're like shit like i can't even accept the fact that like i've half made it you know i'm like i can't sometimes i'm just like nah like whatever and just like send me back to the hood and like <laughs> you know like i was back in new york like hanging with all my friends there and it's like beautiful like my sister was giving me shit about like Oh, Brooklyn's not hood enough for you now. Like, yeah, uh, you, know, you got to go up Brooklyn. to the Heights. You're in Harlem. You're in the Bronx all the time. Like, I was like, I'm sorry, but like, it's where home is. Like, you know, yeah. if you don't sell Lucy cigarettes on the corner, like, I, you know, I don't really smoke anymore. But if you don't sell Lucy's, then that means your gentrified neighborhood is no longer where I want to be at. Yes. Like, you know, if I see old people pushing, you know, dogs in, in carts and, you know, in their little strollers, when like you see in the hood, like mom, right. mama carrying three kids at the same time. I was like, your dog got a stroller, but like, mom with three kids can't get half of one. Like, yeah, that's that's Brooklyn for you right now, man. It's fully gentrified. Yeah. I mean, it's still you just gotta go deeper and and like not to not to put like that on a pedestal as well. But like, if you want to see real people, it's like you know, it's that's where, where it's, it's at. Where it's at, and like you know, I'm, I'm that's, where that's what at. I like is just like down to earth, humbled like people. So I just have nothing to relate to a lot of the other ones. So it makes it like you know, I'm like. What are we talking about? Yeah, like, man. Yeah, we are living yeah. in a really privileged space, man. Wait, what time you got to go? No, I'm good, man. We, we got time. We got you time. got time? Yeah, okay, I'm, just I'm, let me know when yeah. you got to go. And uh, No, I'm good, actually. I'm going to go to a little uh, thing after this and do some work and, and meet up with a friend. Yeah, friend. I'm yeah, good. Go I'm lunch. like, I'm half on vacation, bro. Like, Yeah, man. It's uh, Songkran, bro. There is... Uh, but we're I'm I'm hustling as well during Songkran. Like, the restaurants are open and it's packed. It's... Yeah. It's weird that it's packed. I didn't expect it to be this packed. I just, I just thought, okay, let's. This is only our second year opening, so mm. say let's let's see, let's see. You know, I just thought, like, okay, we stay open and then let's see what what we got, what we get. And uh, it's, I mean, the restaurants in the city is really booked up right now, and yeah. it's great to see. You know, it's good, man. People are coming back out. Like I think people are kind of over it, and and we you super know, we over wanna, it. We want to celebrate a little bit of life, and everyone's a little traumatized from this whole experience. And we're like, let's have some fun, man. Like yeah. let's, let's like. I'm glad you traveled, dude, because I've not traveled for about two and a half years. Yeah. And man, it's like it's eating into me. You know, I just need to see something else. I yeah. just need like a new scenery yeah. like you know to see like different people you know like different people go to different places it makes me want to go on an adventure i told i talked with another guy i'm like i want to go as far as like traveling will take me i want to take like five flights to get to this one place <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. uh, hop a train help on a train bus, on yeah. a boat on yeah. a bus uh no man go on a camel back or something you know that like I was like, I want to go to ma places like Machu Picchu, like go far, man, like yeah, as far, man. just, I love you Machu know, Picchu. Peru, you've been, you've been yeah. to Machu Picchu. Peru is a crazy place. It's one of my favorite, honestly. Really? Like the history, the ingredients, the backstory, the culture, like it's, it's got, you know. It's got the ceviches. Really like what I, you know, what I've been into and why I kind of backed out of the culinary world from like cook cooking to like learning about food, ingredients and social projects, regenerative agriculture, like all these things, like. You know, I learned, I started traveling young, you know, like as soon as I made money and as soon as I was liberated from like mm -hmm. the system of the US, like I was like, All right, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving, like I'm going to keep pushing, I got to go. Okay. And like I started traveling like, you know, 18, I went to Europe alone for the first time. You must have went out here. Yeah, you must have gone to every country in Europe. Yeah, you I know? mean, I've 
I've, I've been all over at this point and then I started realizing my interest in, in food traveling was like people. So it's like anthropology, right? And then I was like, all right, you know what I'm going to start doing is like culinary anthropology. Man, you're so like, like Bourdain, bro. <laughs> I mean, you're that's like, like back in the day, people were like young Bourdain and like, you know, I was like, but I want to give voice to people. So like my whole thing was like, let's, ex let's explore, but let's like value and put people in the place. Not to say he didn't, but like it was very much a different generation and it was his time to like, it was about him as a character and somebody who's genuine and unique. So it was like, yeah, man, I love yeah. Bourdain, man. Just like he, okay, he 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 didn't get to where he he got to like at the start. He was he was just a chef who just went to country looking for things to eat. Yeah. But then he realized, you know, further down the line that there's much more than that. Like it's not just food doesn't just come from food. It comes yeah. from actual people yeah actual people making it the community behind it the culture behind mm. it and all that all that stuff man it's just did you watch the his his movie yet his documentary not yet is yeah. it is it yeah it was good man it was good i mean there's a lot of shit that obviously mixed feelings but you got to take everything for what it's worth right yeah you i gotta got to take watch it in in brooklyn at like downtown at the old cinema like you know in fort green i was like it was it was a cool experience was, to see and you know he, yeah. was, he was a legend man i've read like i've read a I bunch know. of his books and like you know i can relate to a lot of his story growing up in a crazy world and like you know he had he had problems man like he, yeah you know, some really of the realest did. people are like you know if you dig deep they're like you know we're, yeah we're fucked up yeah he said like <laughs> every he said that everybody in the kitchen is like one one place or another like they are like we, we are like we can't funk he almost said that we can't function in a normal world mm. and we had to go to the kitchen and that's where we feel normal yeah in a place of chaos that's that pirate ship shit you know it's like yeah the man fact that like we we didn't feel at home anywhere else so like yeah you know you yeah, step you into a place that's chaotic and everyone else has the same story and next thing you're, you're kin yeah next thing you know you're like at home yeah controlled chaos yeah i mean it's it's you know i totally relate to it it's, yeah. it's a great it's a great experience and it's, it's awesome that like we have this and like you know as much as uh I want to get back into like some more culinary stuff that's educational, like helping, you know, giving, giving platform to kids and youth and helping like programs to like train yeah. people up who need something. Because I remember finding the kitchen for me was like, man, like I was like, give me shit to do. Let me get my hands on exactly. something that's, that's not going to get feel. me in trouble. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just let me, let me zero in on something. Yeah. Something, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be like a meager task, like, Picking it's, herbs. It's mindfulness, man. It's 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 meditation. In, it, in it really is. It's, it's like I didn't realize that we were like, you know, at young ages we were already like treating our our, our traumas with like things that were edible. I was like, rolling pasta. People were like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't afford therapy, bitch. Leave me alone. You had me at edibles. I was like, I wasn't thinking pasta, but like, <laughs> calm down. We're not, we not gonna blast you out this time, man. <laughs> Let's just go with the vino. Yeah, man, the vino really is like I'm a I'm a vino guy too, man. It's just yeah. Well, I can tell by your food, man. Like you know, I've only got to eat once, but I, I understand your 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 balance and your your food approach is like I, chefs who like wine. It's like you know, it's like fitness, man. You want to take your palate to the gym, open a bottle of wine and like you know, examine it and let it develop and and look at the body, look at the viscosity, look at the you know try to analyze it like this is like how you train your palate yeah, man there's a living thing as well with yeah. wine dude like the moment you open it it's it's already changed it's already changing yeah. the 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 change is starting the yeah. metamorphosis i almost call it like it's almost like giving birth yeah. to somebody once you open the wine yeah. you know it's 
I mean, that's why coffee is cool too. And that's why like I, I resonated with it right away. And then I saw the platform and it took me years to like figure out what exactly I wanted to do with it. I was like, right, I'm going to step back from cooking a bit. Like I'm burnt out. Like I need to do something. I coffee, feel you, man. I feel you. Coffee is dope. Like it's, it's something different and like, it's like wine. I've, I've, I've never really had good coffee, Joe. So, I mean, one, one day I just got to visit one of your joints. Yeah, yeah, Really yeah. to have some good coffee. Cause for me, like I- What is the range one right over here? Like I just did one the other day at Cat Coco. Like, uh, what? I'll just, at Cat Coco, the new shop Cat right Coco, here. right here. Yeah, so, yeah. so they, they, they have got three, your beans and all that stuff. They have my single origins right now. And we'll probably rotate it out on the regular and do some different stuff. But it's like, man, we got crazy coffees and it's like wine, you know, we got yeah. lactic fermentation. Exactly. Got, you know, exactly. I think I gave you some as well, like a grand crew that uses a, you know, mellow lactic Grand gives it that buttery like lower acidity kind of smoothness to it like we're fermenting with fruits like one of my farmers chung pao he uses Chung-pao. like he uses like anything like he does crazy stuff man he, he uses like passion fruit that is damaged that the the farmers can't sell to like okay. people like royal project right right and they'll take he'll buy all the damaged like not visually attractive like product all right and he's gonna like throw that into the mash into the ferment and do like an anaerobic ferment with the with the coffee and it like automatically like takes care of the problem of waste okay it, it takes care of the problem of the farmers thinking that they can't get their right. money for something that's like not perfect Right, which is a big problem in the world, right? It's like, ah, oh, that's just not perfect. That tomato's not perfectly round. Yes, this is perfect. yeah, and there's like, a blemish ever, there. And I was like, uh, you didn't even try it. Like, you know, give yeah. it a, you know, give take a slice it off, give it a bite. Yeah, what you're saying, like the mashed up of the passion fruit with the coffee, reminds yeah. me of a kombucha, man. Yeah, I think coffee kombucha is 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 gonna be a big thing, man. That you know, when you can just yeah. fill in like we're working on some too with some people so yeah i I, I know you have it in your pipeline for sure man we got canned products coming out we're getting ready to enter the u.s market with like sustainable like these drip bags and compostable packaging you've gone full circle man you came here and now you you're going back to the states as well we got to take it to places that are slightly in a different position right so i think thailand's hard like pushing thai coffee in thailand like you we know, are a little it, behind the rest yeah, of the world. It's not easy, man. It's not easy here. And and that's a big part. Like you said, too, people are like, well, I can buy this coffee for this much. I was like, whoa, you know, it's not be, the same, yeah. man. Well, then you got to like realize what you're buying. Yeah. Like at the same time, like our shit's priced at a certain point because of what we do. Yeah. You know, we screen stuff. We make sure that the people we're buying from are giving back and they're actually purchasing the, the cherry at the right price. They're they're you know, not damaging the, the ecosystem yeah. and the biodiversity. Yeah. Like we, we got to check all these things. And it's like to eat right, to consume right and responsibly, it's, it's, it's not cheap. It's like not we, cheap. No, it's like eating yeah. healthy. Well, that's why we live in a world you know? where like we're eating synthetic shit and people yeah, are like man. putting truffle on everything and it's like off season. Like everything needs to be like the same thing. Available year like, round. I'm like, dude, year. do something else, man. Like, you know, who's using like, the stuff I like to cook with, like when I was working with Billy, it was like, you know, st- st- sturgeon meat. Billy you know, Smokehouse. Pearl. No, no. I, lo- I love Billy too, but uh, <laughs> Billy the oyster dude. So oh, like, okay. Like we're using like, like bycatch. I'm using like, you know, plankton and we're using like, you know, pearl meat that they harvest. And it's like almost pearl inedible, but you pearl like. Pearl meat. Yeah. Like it looks like big scallops. It's tough. We, we, you know, you can dry age it. You can braise it. You can do all sorts of stuff with it. We're using like different varietals of salmon like kita salmon that isn't beautiful like it, it's it's based strictly on diet and, wow. and and they sometimes eat plankton they sometimes eat like various things that can make the flesh gray it could make this that like the farm range salmon if we took away 
you know, if we took away the, the, the chemicals and the coloring that they added to it, you're eating just like, you know, smoke gray, you know, smoke gray flesh. Like it's, there's right. nothing to it. Yeah, I, I know. Put, like, I've heard about that. On it. Like, let's make locks with it. Let's get creative. Yeah. Like the flavor is good. The right. vitamins and nutrients are there. Like, right. what's the problem? You're too scared to like drop it in some beet juice and make some gravlocks. You're too scared to like yeah, man. smoke it and, and throw it in some creme fraiche and put it on top of something. Like, you know, get creative. Yeah, this shit's man. good. The product, the price is right. Like, you know. Man, the thing with like commercial stuff is that they make it so attractive. Once you're on it, it's but you you're almost like you're almost hooked to it. The the salmon, the farm salmon. I mean, there's so much so much chemical in 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 that whole fishery. You know, they put colorings in the meat, like you say, make it look tasty, make it look plum. Yeah. everything is all right. But yeah. like, I've seen like documentaries where like there's a lot of death, <laughs> like salmon, like when disease spread in the oh, pool. So oh my God, it spreads to the entire population, yeah. and man. And I, I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. It's it's horrible, man. It's not I mean, pretty. I never really like. I already had insight, but like when I started working with Billy like five six years ago, like his arch enemies farm salmon. And like some of these other things too, and people like I, right, you know, no way. In, in, in whoever's defense, like there's also farm salmon that could also be done responsibly, maybe in in a certain sense. But like, the problem is making everything accessible year round. It's the problem is making everything like you know, yeah. like we shouldn't be able to eat huge plates of 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 raw like of salmon that we don't even know where it's from, and we don't even right. know what's gonna happen. Like we're talking yeah. five years, ten years, twenty years from now, and people are like, "Yo, my kid came out with like four eyes and like yeah. the all side sorts of crazy and shit." All that like stuff. we think it's cool now, but like we don't really know what's gonna happen. Yeah, man. It's like you know we didn't have cancer fifty years ago. You know, three hundred three hundred years ago we didn't. You know, maybe not fifty, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like maybe three hundred years ago we didn't even have. You look back at like, you know, le le like language, right? And we look back, we didn't used to have different words even for food and medicine. They were almost the same thing. They were like intertwined, you know? They I mean, were the they same. Are. Yeah, right. You know? Medicine, food is medicine and yeah. all I mean, that we've stuff been, in the wild. One of my good friends in the US, uh, you know, one of my brothers, we've been working on projects called like Food is Medicine and Liberation of Food. So this is something when I was just out there, we were in San Francisco, we were in the Bay, we were like, you know, working with all these different like activists and people who want to like support this and be like, yo, we need to educate and we need to talk about it because like, you know, we are what we eat and people really? are consuming crazy shit right now and they don't even know. And really, it's the responsibility man. of the government. Like we need to hold people accountable. It's like we it need needs to, to be taught in yeah. schools. I honestly, it has yeah. to be in schools. It has to be brought up with the curriculum you know starting from a young age it yeah. needs to be indoctrinated yep. into the young you know it's like but why isn't it, it i money obviously uh yeah 100 they've and been it, and it's like we're, we're lobbied we're, we're lied to man we're all pushed under the water and been like all right you don't have a voice you know these people are paying these people to paying. let the government you know fuck us yeah they brought me you know this guy he sponsored my election blah 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 and all that stuff man let me give you you know let me give you a couple crates of this and like we'll send you you know uh have you read Aunt bourdain's nasty bits the nasty bits book no man yeah, I'm you done. gotta read that oh my god you gotta read that because that's like one that he goes into all these little details and he talks about like you know pushing you know he, he compares you know fast food to pushing crack in the hood and he goes on this whole shit and interviews these guys like back yeah, in like the, like the 90s or something and yeah. saying like, you know, these guys were like, 
like I would said, would you ever live next to one of your locations? And he's like, fuck no. Yeah, you dude. Know, why do they put everything in the hood anyway? Why are fast food restaurants? Why is all this shit pushed in places that people don't have education, money, or resources, or it's, or even options? Yes, you know, pushing that's, the agenda. That's, that's criminal, man. Yeah. These are the biggest drug lords, man. These are like the modern day Pablo Escobars and people who are like the co cocaine cowboys. Of, cocaine of cowboys, now, like, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. man, he's like this, crushing it. This shit's crazy, and like you know, I got a lot of shit to talk about that, but it's. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Here we go. Just starting to open up, too. Yeah. In the bottle. Sexy, sexy. Wow. Yeah, wow, man. Well, wow, man. Like, you, I know, like, because you read a lot of books. I see from your yeah. stories. You read a lot of books. You are, like, well up to date with a lot of stuff. Like, I just... I'm, I'm just thankful that today you like gave me a couple of books you know it's just even if it's just about Bourdain you know it's Anytime, like man, I'll send you super super cool house. and come by mine sometime man I live in the hood yeah still forever and uh but not good. not in uh Jaren, Jaren that's the roastery where, where do you live there as well you live there as well right. like it's I said I originally moved down from the north to like I, I was like all right if I got to push this agenda and in my mm -hmm. coffee brands about this movement I need to be in front of people you know i have a lot of clients like even back then we started like you know distributing to like the normandy and paste even when i was based in chiang mai like we started to like work with like rocket and some of these different groups and it was like right you know it made sense and then i had to like make this move down here like i didn't like the north was good it was good for my soul at the time and but like i needed people energy anyway so i was like right, i'm gonna move down here establish myself like get a spot came now, to the right place yeah i'm gonna live on like you know live in my you know establish my roastery because right. it's like down two stories of work you know upper yeah. upper stories of of personal all, all, all of a sudden i just realized when i go to roots mm. um roast uh, coffee shop yeah. you know so they have chang pao that's your chang pao that's yeah, your guy yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's amazing. the same we work with a lot of the same farmers and amazing man amazing coffee like you know places yeah. like roots shout out to caro as well man yeah, just yeah. one of the best guys man <laughs> he just moved to a new space oh yeah cool i gotta see him man we, we yeah. chatted a bunch but we never had a chance to link he's, yeah he's got like oh man the nicest banana bread like he's doing like this full breakfast thing right now and oh, cool. it's like it's good to I see, see man it's the good. hot dogs too man he's out here. yeah he's a hot yeah, dog he used to send dogs. me the hot dogs man it's like ooh, so damn good <laughs> nice. and like the, the coffee coffee places you know people should just go to these places yeah. like you know the independent almost mom and pops not really but sure. but you know i mean going to starbucks mm. is like yeah, we definitely shouldn't be doing that. Starbucks is only good for Frappuccino, my friend, or something, you know, yeah. for real coffee. Like, people yeah. just don't really go to Starbucks, right? I mean, it's tough to say. And, it's and tough to say. They're trying to pivot, and, and, you know, everyone's desperate to follow what's happening. I mean, it's a movement now. Like, we're, we're at a different place where people are like, you know, the people who've been genuinely into it. You know, I don't want to name names and talk about even of coffee course. brands who of do course. shit like that, of too. Of course, of like, course, yeah. You know, five six years ago it wasn't cool to do what i'm doing but i was still repping it yeah you still doing it because i believed in it and it's like and then as soon as the trend started coming people catching up and they're like uh let uh, me jump on that wagon too and i'm like jump on it but like you know at the end of the day the truth will will shine and like you know it's about it's about like genuinely being into it and now everyone's rebranding everyone's sustainable everyone's this but the back, yeah, fair the trade all yeah. that stuff i it's, mean for me it's a positive trend okay it's like yoga 
You know, people <laughs> people want to like eat plant based sometimes. Besides right. the processed shit, like go eat some real shit. Don't eat the processed shit, but like plant based yoga. It's better than you know doing methamphetamines and like right. you know drinking all right. night at the club. Like, right, if that's right. a positive trend now. Then like go on. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's still a trend. Like yeah. the thing with fair trade, it's not hundred percent transparent. Yeah, there's still some slave labor going on on the back end. Who knows whatever, but like. Yeah. It's moving in the right direction, you That's know. Why especially in the states, we keep rebranding everything. It's like fair trade, direct trade, <laughs> yeah, social trade, like all these new organizations impact, popping up. Business, we're like, uh, <laughs> like just, just like show me. Can I interview you real quick? And like, we need like you know somebody who just grills people and make sure they know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, it's yeah, like, can dude. I? Can you be held accountable? You want to mm -hmm. be a sustainable clothing brand? Like, let's let's make it transparent. And that's why yeah. we're getting tech involved now. You know, we're getting, you know, look at the agricultural industry of like how we're tracing stuff, you know, traceability, putting barcodes on stuff that tells yeah. you exactly where it's grown, the soil, the my, people, you know, there's ways of fucking with that too. But like, at least we're... My Dover Soul yeah. at the restaurant has a, has has a QR a, code. Has a QR code. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I mean, I, I, I can't get to it. It's probably some special QR code, you know, but it has a QR code. Yeah. It says yeah. come from Bay of Biscay. Yeah. You know, it's like there's traceability. Yeah. It's a big thing, exactly, man. Exactly. The traceability thing is like a huge, yeah. huge, huge trend, man. You yeah. need to know where your products come from. and Of course. And that's yeah. why I see what you're doing as well. Like, you're obviously somebody who looks at that. <clears throat> and I don't think a lot of people respect it still. But, like, be, your food's dope. You know, yeah, thank you very much, man. It's traceability for real. Like, I just thank talked you, to some man. people last week. I forget. Like, a couple of, like, some of my favorite chefs in the city. I won't name names, right. but we were talking yeah. about it too. Like, yo, you've been to... And I was like... Yeah, like once, and it's like dope, and they're like, "Come, Ugh. come again, Joe, come again. Just come and uh, sit at the bar, and uh, yeah. we can hang out again. You know, just I'm, yeah, it's I'm, cool. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I I really want yeah. to go to uh, Motgal right now, like just to go see Thomas. Like it's been it's been a while, you know. Yeah. Just go see the boys. I need to, man. I, I the, I've been hanging out with him a bunch actually. Yeah, he just stuff. opened a a, bur yeah. is it a burger shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, Saladang. Yeah, with the whole crew, man. They got a little, Damn, they got a little crew going on. Damn, son. It's like right next to my favorite Italian restaurant, uh, Sanotti. Oh, Where yeah, you? cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like cool. right next, right there, man. Like yeah. it's like they're in like the market, I think, yeah. the market area, which is which is really cool. They're not in like common, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. You know, they're not in like the safe, safe, like the, the so called like safe calls. You know, they're yeah. like in a really. I don't know, it's just cool to see. It's just refreshing to see, you know, because everyone say, oh, we want to be in the common. I want to be in yeah. shopping malls. This is like a really cool standalone spot, I think, yeah. for me. It's no, like, that's dope. That's dope. I need to go see him too. Like, I'm going to be doing I some know, more right? cooking here in the future. Like, I just got to do a couple things. Do a pop-up at Motkel. Come pop-up at ours. I'm, I'm down, man. I mean, yeah. we just did one. Uh, I just talked to them about doing one at Motkel. Because okay. my boy in New York, he's a musician and somebody I've worked with closely over the years, like one of my best friends since I was 12. And he's been in music, went to, you know, new school. Okay. He, he was part of the, the Kanye documentary. He did the music on that. He, yeah. he did, like, he just Dope. did some stuff with, like, Kimani Marley. Uh, he's worked with DJ Premier. He's worked with, like, all these guys. And, like, he's coming out here next month, hopefully. Ah. And we're doing uh, something we've been working on for years now, maybe nine years, is, is uh, pairing food and music. 
that's the next frontier bro my friend i mean we've been we've done a couple events in like harlem and like different spots where he sends me a track we we translate the emotions into food and we we throw it down that's that's what nick has been doing with the naturalista he's been doing the you know the music pairing with the wines and all that stuff like yeah i need to hit him too because we're gonna we're gonna get something going like when he comes out here like uh i want to do the food music wine yeah is a trio instead of just doing you know matching them all because it's you can if you dive deep enough it's interesting gotta gotta hit me up man i'll yeah. definitely be there we will man i think uh There's some more recently you know i did that event with kim from wine garage okay which which one uh oh at, yeah at the, Gason, yeah yeah the training yeah. i sent i sent one of uh my uh oh yeah manager cool. there cool, cool, uh, cool. As, and then he's leaving this month i'm like dude i mean i could have just gone you know i didn't it's just been me <laughs> i mean it was kind of like last minute we didn't really promote but it was really cool because the whole idea was uh yeah you, you did the coffee coffee pairing no 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 uh no nothing to do with coffee actually but it was about you know Food? i did the the unique and complex pairings for the wines so it was about flavor aromatic compounds that are found in food that are identically found in wine okay so like the first one was like a, a leech like lychee and lychee gewurztraminer yeah so i did like a you know we picked a kind of a classic one and then i did Dude. like a rose water uh lychee like a scallop crudo okay and then i made like a lychee granita all right and then like a rose water campari like jelly that's good and then man. like on top was like bonito scallops like a little umami pop that's like a with like olive oil dish. yeah it was like the most like I, and it was one that I, I i thought of and then it took yeah. me a little bit to like dial it in but yeah. like i was i you was put out you pulled out all yeah. the stops for yeah. the for the tasting like because my manager came back to the restaurant and he was like um could mike uh can you give me all the notes for all the wines i'm like shit, what where, 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 where did you go you know yeah. like he's like he's he, he really got into it yeah. he I was mean, like we went, I, we went deep the yeah. last the last one too like you know yeah, i did he, maple syrup and sherry so comparing right. the oaked elements in it yeah he and then came. we did like monastrol and, and capsicum so like spice i did like what, what a, was that a capsicum like, yeah capsicum like monastrol yeah. oh yeah yeah the spanish red yeah so we did like uh like i did like a mcquan demi glaze oh man. so i did like a classic demi broke yeah. it down with cognac red wine everything yeah, and then right. like finish it with like burnt thai aromatics but you know kefir all this stuff like reduced it down then finished it with like this toasted mcquan and like mounted cold butter and fish sauce yeah it sounds Over like a, a grilled ribeye with like yeah, a, a cocoa nip and like crunchy chili crumble i was gonna say it's like a <laughs> all classic opo a play on the opo yeah you know with brandy yeah. and yeah. Uh, but just with thai ingredients and stuff he came back the, the manager came back i was saying he's like okay tell me if this wine is bitter sweet um you know salty or like he, he came to me with the with the diagram bro i'm like whoa bro you're like this is like what happened to you what happened what happened <laughs> like, i just got back the shit was crazy i mean we went in and now like i love kim and, and he's been a big supporter kim. for a while and you know it's great that he gave me even this opportunity and i think we did good it was very like it was our first one I think it it went as good as it could, but like dialing it in next, and it was like bites, you know. So it was like I gave two bites of each one. We compared it with two different wines that were like very similar but different to see like yeah. how how you could even pair stuff, like because most right. people don't think that. Like yeah, people just think yeah. red uh, meat, yeah, with red meat, yeah. white with fish, yeah. and you know champagne with anything. That's yeah. that's that's like the the rule of thumb that most people have, you know, so yeah. but they never go into the specifics yeah. like the way you guys did. Now I can't smell sherry without smelling like curry powder and like maple syrup. 
Okay. Like I did like a Madras curry powder rub, like thick cut smoked bacon. All right. And then did like a walnut crumble on it and uh, like a coffee reduction with like vanilla. What was the pairing with that? That was like a dry oak sherry. Dry oak sherry. Yeah. It's like a very like, you know, oak classic, like smooth, like, you know, it, it was cool. Vish loved that stuff. His Oloroso. His it Oloroso. It was the same one, but like a, a same maker, but a different, a different vintage or a different, uh, a, a different style. He loves that stuff, man. Yeah. The sherry. Me too. Wow, but I mean, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in Spain and every time I'd be at Sherry bars and I'm like, yeah, people don't understand this shit. It's like, yeah, it's great. I mean, okay. I would not have Oloroso like every day of the week, but I would have like a Fino. Mm. A Fino is nice yeah. and light and crisp and yeah, like a, yeah. a nice entry, exactly. entry place for people who's yeah. just getting into Sherry. If you go straight to the Oloroso, the Amontillados, man, you might, you might, you might not like what you're drinking, you yeah. know, cause it's so it's so powerful man it's like it's like you really need to get there you really need to get the um the palette to get there mm. it's like blue cheese yeah i put you, it on tap man like if i had a restaurant i'd have i'd have some, some fino, fino on sherry tap. on tap bro like it'd be like your little yeah. welcome drink let me serve you a bite exactly i tell pablo all the time i'm like hey man people need to drink more sherry you know he's like yeah yeah man i'm like he's bring it in by the cask <laughs> talk walk the walk <laughs> come on i thought you're spanish <laughs> shout out to my guy yeah shout out to pablo to pablo man he's back from uh, spain right now man oh. but uh, i was gonna talk about the kim about how he's like such a big proponent of of the wine movement here in bangkok you know he does he doesn't just yeah okay i just sell wines and yeah. that's it he has all these events like people go to people from industry or yeah. non-industry alike they he's just go he like the godfather he he's out here like supporting like he probably sponsoring yeah, you know, yeah, football teams and like all that and then he supports all the other um there is like a big community of wine importers right now like everyone is like supporting one another mm. you know blah blah yeah. and it's like it's refreshing to see it's like okay wine garage supporting you know who, who yeah, vice that. versa we need that, a that he's, yeah. he's building a community yeah. as well i think pre-michelin it was a little different here and i think it kind of changed and shook people up in a way that made them competitive and kind of like pushed some people against each other slightly but like and then there's like bitterness like you can you can feel it you can see it you know people are like ah oh, these people came in and started capturing the audience and i was like well y'all got stagnant yeah. you know it was like that's French, not the way French to cuisine go in spain coming through and getting creative and it's like you know we got to break the traditions occasionally right like when i went to you know i went to a brief culinary school when i was like 18 like did a nine-month program and i just remember coming from my background and like growing up with all this mexican flavors and stuff like i remember pulling a little bottle of like <sighs> chili like some like chilpatine or something out of my pocket and putting Some it salsa in, salsa putting verde it in, salsa rojo putting it in a beurre blanc yeah and my french like you know train like chef instructor was like he lost his shit and i was like whoa and he's like you can't do that and i was like whoa you, you can't know, do what like you can do what why 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 not right you have to cook with your intuition like yeah. you get you only get this spur of the moment thing like once or twice like okay man let's do it right now okay yeah. i feel like it needs this i was I like y'all sending monkeys to the moon i can't put chili in beurre blanc come on oh and the french are super pissed like beurre blanc yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah freaking hell like in I, i'm from thailand so yeah. obviously i like spicy food yeah. right and then in culinary school i would always add too much chili powder i will, it will always be like cayenne powder was like my thing and then my instructor was always like yelling at me i'm like what is why are you making everything so hot like you know what i mean but it's just my palate yeah it's like don't like leave me alone man leave me alone like let me show you later what i do 
yeah like taste taste the end product even the process respect my craziness like let me let me do my thing exactly and we proven points like you know look back on that and we're like haha the whole industry is on the chili shit now i was like, yeah, oh, I was like hot sauce you? everybody's making their own hot sauce right now it's like a thing man yeah i've been grow- i was growing chilies 10 years ago in in Melson, in pie you know i opened my first spot there i opened a mexican brunch concept called cafecito yeah you said yeah and like you know i was growing habaneros serranos but like i was growing my own chilies making my own hot sauce you're making your own tacos as well and up in the up in yeah. the mountains yeah, we were pressing stuff we were making like 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 the torta bread like we were doing everything man like i had to make my own queso fresco like we couldn't find stuff yeah so we just like you know acclimated it's and dope adjusted, man instead know? of going like for some cow soy like up in the mountains it's like i mean i was half a taco half a taco you know breakfast like you know my first nine months in the north i i, I like I was like hammocks and cow soy namnio like every day i was just like this shit is crazy yeah like, i still have a plan to like open a you know i want to open like some some so, some that pays homage to like my you know inspiration yeah, your upbringing yeah. and all that stuff you know your upbringing with the that's why i did cafecito you know Latinos. because that's my that's my respect of like yeah the name paying homage to like the latino culture and the Fully. mexican culture and Fully. now like i want to pay respect to like my thai you know upbringing of the last 15 years and like figure out how to like you know put this in the right place like i literally have a couple like things in the works i'm like yo little cow soy spot in new york like you know would be be pretty cool yeah man you could do a little corner spot in the south bronx or something like yeah man that's no the thai food in new york city is unreal man yeah it's changing man it's coming it's unreal people don't just go for like um uh you know uh, red curry green curry yellow curry whatever like they are going into like the isan food the southern food the northern food like and and i've realized like the um the chili the the chili tolerances of the westerners have yeah. have have increased man thank god they, they get <laughs> dude i'm have sick no... of that question bro out of everything i get asked all the time they don't know they eat it with like ginkap cam the fuck and then they eat it like oh pitching i'm like bro calm down man like you know i told you it was spicy you didn't believe me that's what you get yeah you'd be like hey man we've been using habanero in our cooking for like years man yeah you call me a liar (laughs) yeah i mean i know where the chilies come from like we got respect for that yeah it's like what was thailand why do they call it like pepper pig thai you know it's like pig thai you know it's a reason because it, it originates from this part of the world and we used to right. use it in various stuff i mean there's multiple reasons behind it but like you know even africa like before they had chilies they had various versions of peppercorns and that's right. where their spice came from yoruba african f- food they love spice you go to like you know western or eastern like south america brazil bahia and Sa- right. el salvador like bro like that shit's crazy because it's like yoruba african food with like south american ingredients would put shit on the map like look at the things we contributed you know like when i was in peru i got to work with like national geographic writers like people who like knew their shit i got i got lucky because i was blessed my boy ended up playing soccer with anton gaston's son in college so we got linked with like the whole peruvian squad like i ended up at central the first year they opened like the first couple months they were open i ate there hung out with chef did a a pisco tasting they had like a hundred or fifty different kinds of pisco i'm like 
you know i didn't even know but i was like yo these dudes are wild and they're gonna be on the map and then look at it later like this was like this was 2011. Damn, now they're like the top, like uh, the top, I was top hanging out ten. They're the top ten. Garden, picking herbs with them, like they convinced wow. me because I was on a strictly no, no, no polished food diet. You know, I was right. like, I only want to eat the real shit. And like, there was like one of the only like nice meals I ate this whole eleven months in in twenty countries, it's in five un- continents. Unreal, man. Uh, Central, <laughs> like I, I, I have their cookbook, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like, know. I would love to and, see that. And like, you can, you can never cook from it because the ingredients are like. Are like all new to you you don't you're not like okay tarragon okay maybe i can substitute it with mint or what this is like some herb bro uh, some never heard before herb that they just picked from the amazonas it's crazy uh, bro. different like piranha yeah. piranhas like uh, what, what does piranha taste yeah. like a sea bass or something, yeah. you know it's i like, mean peru has you know i think it's in the top three of most microclimates in the world Okay. What What do you mean, like a top three mark? Like as like, in like diverse? the biodiversity of that okay. country alone is like right more wild than any place in the world almost. Like Mexico comes in the top three too. Oh, so we talk about food meccas and places that put shit on the map. Like, you know, the ingredients: potatoes, tomatoes, chilies come from there. You know, look in Mexico: vanilla, chocolate, like and, all these things that they and, contributed to the world, and, and they've been doing like that was their currency. The Mayans were trading with cacao. Cacao. Oh, you know that was their money. I see. Like yeah. they have like a crate, like they pay like homage to it. Corn was like corn was like their thing, man. I mean, they God. believe like we are corn, like humans derive from like this plant, and then the sacred like trinity of like you know the corn, corn pea squash, like how they would grow it and how they would like shade and comfort each other and provide nutrients throughout the cycles. My like friend. it's like the the ultimate biodiversity. Like talk about regenerative agriculture. Like we've lost sight on everything. Yeah. Like it was already placed in front of us thousands of years ago, and now we're like, monocrop it all. Yeah, like I want to eat fucking plant-based hamburgers, and I'm like, yo, you're crazy. Yeah. You trying to save the world by doing the wrong thing? Like, and you know, to each his own. To each his own. But yeah. like, there's only so much we can do, and like, obviously, judging and like, you know, coming about it in a certain way doesn't help anyone because the tone sets it. Mm. <laughs> Man, that was that's super deep, bro. But it's like wow, it's the Mayans. I mean, corn just gets to me because I learned this in school, and corn used to be like the 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 first corn was like it's like tiny, it's like the size of like your your pinky, and right now it's like he's huge, brother. Just alternating kernels, like it was like everything, everything. Some of the yeah, first tomatoes look like a you know no like uniformity, a- nothing. The colors they were in yellow, they were like brown and gray or something like it it didn't look appetizing but yeah. they were like the the heirlooms yeah heirlooms, right? their heirlooms are the best right the heirlooms are just we the, talk about flavor and that's like the whole you know dan this, barbers and the third plate and going into like you know i read that shit but way back and like i just remember like that inspiring me as well and a couple other things that inspired me to be like hold on like what is this shit and like how do we even like value it you know i'm like you know damn. what's what's the what's the deal Gotta read that book, man. I have got to check back on Dan Barber. I might have a, I might have a copy at home. You got, you got to spread copy. Can, let me see if you can, if you can't find it in Thailand, I think I have a it copy. Should be, it should be okay. I think I should be able to get it at the Kino, Kino Kunia. Yo, I got the membership. I was there yesterday. The ten percent. I don't know. Man. The, I the the membership. I moved too fast to care. I'm just like I'm broke, but like, but, but, give me the book. Me the I gotta book. go. Yeah, that's where it's at, man. Yeah. All right, dude. But it's it's good. It's good. Dude, we've been here for like a. Hour and a half, man. Good. It's amazing. 
Nice. I mean, like I said, anytime, if you want to keep rolling. Yes. I got time, but I know you got somebody coming on next, so whatever's good. Yeah, it's all good, bro. I uh, I might have to go and uh, meet up with my wife a little bit, catch up. No, of course, that's the, that's probably the responsible thing to do. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Like, yeah. really, just, it was like, it just opened my world up just to what is possible with all these vegetables and the seasonalities and sustainability um and also about uh that about the footprint of whatever you do whatever you're eating whatever you're buying it it has a footprint you know you're yeah. leaving a mark on something yeah. you're not just buying it for the sake of buying it like you actually it actually affect the whole system like the butterfly effect you know sure. you know we need to be more conscious we, we have to be, be more yeah. conscious exactly and uh just unreal man it's, yeah. So good to talk to you, bro. So yeah, good to pleasure. meet you as well. Pleasure, man. We'll definitely do it again soon. Yeah, so definitely. Out, uh, and I'd love to cook with you, man. It'd be fun to do Yeah, have a, a have a pop-up soon, man. Have yeah. a pop-up at Asok Pie Shop. Maybe after the Motgao episode and then you can come. Or sure. even before. Whenever, man. Let's, let's wrap on it. We'll All figure it out. All right, bro. All right, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Peace. Peace. Sorry, I sweat on your head.